So to be an entrepreneur, I think the, the success of an entrepreneur is seeing your vision and executing it. Like seeing something and going forth. I believe the universe will put roadblocks in your way. <laughs> like testing, are you sure? Because it's so easy, like a boulder will get put in your way and it's like, huh, there's a big boulder. Either, either I can go around it, I can go over it, I could let it stop me and just do something else, right? That boulder is just there for us to navigate around. And, it, and it's, it, I, I think being an entrepreneur is so liberating. Um, yeah, it's, it, you know, it's, it's not so much about the money, but just being, having control over your own life. You get to set your hours. You definitely have to be motivated. I would say I work harder in my own business than I ever worked for anybody else. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Tell All podcast, where aspiring entrepreneurs come to hear the inspirational and motivational stories of those who've come before them, the phenomenal businesses that they've built, including excellent movements. I'm your host, James Makuto. Uh, today, we have a very special guest on our show, Kathy Nesbitt who is a health and wellness advocate and the founder of Kathy Crawley's Composters, a vermicomposting business, Kathy Sprouter, a microgreen business, and the chief laugh ambassador at Kathy's Laugh Club, where laughter yoga is the name of the game. Uh, she's a multi-award-winning environmental innovator who uses workshops and inspirational speaking to motivate people to live more sustainable lives. Welcome to the show, Kathy. Thank you so much, James. I'm excited to be here. You have a, a pretty interesting moniker, um, Kathy Crawley, the laughing bean queen, uh, which I think quite nicely sums up the three business verticals that you participate in. Um, can you perhaps unpack how this all came about um, and how you started these three different businesses, please? Yes. Yeah, so I'm located in uh, just north of Toronto in Canada. And in 2002, our landfill closed. And although Canada's pretty large country, we couldn't find a place to site a new landfill. And we started to export our garbage to the United States. Whoops, sorry. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, not us, but <laughs> the government. <laughs> um, and I had a solution. So at, at that time, a thousand trucks were making their way Monday to Friday from Toronto to Michigan. Can you imagine? And I had a solution for at least the wet waste, the organic matter, um, and it's indoor composting with worms. And I set about, I just thought, you know, that's what an entrepreneur is. You see a solution, you see a problem, you have a solution and um, there's a business. And I, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't realize that people don't buy what they need. They buy what they want and not everybody wanted worms in the house. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, so I, you know, would have a table wherever I could and quickly realized that people were afraid of worms. <laughs> and I started, I took on school workshops. So that's the crawly part. The bean queen part is the sprouting business. And I, so it's, that's my health plan is this uh, sprout grower, grow your own sprouts. Awesome. And, and the laughing is, I think, quite apparent. I'm a laughter teacher. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, how did you know that you had a winning business idea for each of these businesses? I mean, I know you mentioned that, you know, it, the, the composting business came out of the need to find a solution to the specific problem. Um, but how did you know that all three of these businesses were actually winning ideas? Or did you know? Uh, well, not right away. You know, I started just with the worms. And uh, any entrepreneurs listening or new entrepreneurs, pay attention. <laughs> that, you know, you may have an idea. This is what I'm going to do. 
And then you realize, oh, wait a minute, people don't want what I have. So you switch. I knew that I that it was a solution. It was just how to figure out how to get it into people's heads. And so I started to do school workshops. So I ebbed from being, I mean, I still sell worms and I, I do, I do a lot of workshops. So I speak a lot about what I'm doing. And when you speak, you become the industry expert and then people buy from you because you're, you're the perceived, perceived expert. So I would say, I, I didn't know right away. I just knew that I had a solution for a big problem. And my, my business actually shifted I, I, I started my worm business as a waste management tool. I wanted to stop all that garbage leaving the country. Um, and I realized early on that what the worms do, they, they're the original alchemists. They convert food scraps and paper into black gold for more nutrient. So it's nutrient rich soil. So when we have beautiful soil, then our food is more nutrient rich. Interesting. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Um, Business plans. I mean, you know, you, you've kind of explained the genesis of, of how you started these three businesses. Did you um, ever set up a formal business plan or did you just decide to go and figure it out along the way? Yeah, great, great question. I, um, I was a social worker and I got injured at work and then I came home. There was an ad in the paper and it said, are you a woman? Do you have a business idea? It was a six month course to write a business plan. I turned to my husband. I said, I'm quitting my job. I'm taking this course. I'm going to be a worm. I'm going to have a worm business. Won't that be fun? <laughs> fun. And here we are. And so I did take that course six months and it was so beautiful um, because it, it, they, it was by women, for women, and they had women speakers come in. So women entrepreneurs would come in to talk about marketing, to talk about bookkeeping, to share their experience in business. And I found it so valuable. If anyone's thinking about starting a business, write a business plan. It really is your roadmap to, to direct you where you're going to go. You know, they, they want you to do forecasting. How do you, how do you come up with numbers? How do you decide, well, how much am I going to sell? How much am I going to charge? All of those things. That's what a business plan helps you with. No, that's awesome. And I think it speaks to the old adage, right? That if you, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail, right? So I think having a formal business plan gives you a bird's eye view of where it is you want to go and how are you going to get there. Um, so I, I think that's super awesome uh, that you had a chance to um, to put this together, but also in a community um, environment where you know you weren't the only one going through this process. So I think I think that's that's super awesome. Um, in in sticking with the business plan, right? So you're in you know three specific businesses that are different. Um, how do you go about marketing um, these businesses or at least communicating your value proposition, right? Because up until, you know, <laughs> I discovered you, I had no clue about the uh, the vermicomposting business or what it was or that you could even turn that into a business. How do you how do you acquire customers? How do you reach out to your target market to, to define that target market? So I chose media as my marketing strategy. Uh, back in 2002, there was a garbage strike in Toronto in the summer, because why have it in the winter <laughs> when the garbage is frozen? Uh, sure. <laughs> and I took my worms on a road trip. You know, people were lining up for hours to drop off their garbage. And I thought, they don't compost, because if you compost, it takes the stink out of garbage. And I decided to go on a road trip and 
prior to going on my road trip, I sent press releases to the Toronto outlets saying I was coming to town with my worms. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) five minutes after sending my press release to the Toronto Star, a reporter contacted me and said, thank you for your press release. I wrote an article last week about composting, but forgot about the apartment dwellers. Six million people in the greater Toronto area, half live in condos, townhouses, places without space to do outdoor composting. So he said, when you're finished at the transfer station, come on down to the star. I want to interview you. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so exciting. I could have just gone right to the star and got my article. But I but I have a psychology degree. So I'm curious about people. And I mm. wanted to know why they didn't compost. <laughs> so I did go to the the uh, transfer station. And, it, and I mean, it's, it's a great story, I think. <laughs> I don't know where I got the courage to go there on my own. I don't know why my husband let me go alone <laughs> to confront the, the the union. There was about 80 picketers and cool. safety in numbers. They're not, you're sure. not an individual when you're in a group. So they were shouting all kinds of um, horrible things at me. And I stood my ground. Yeah. You know, I was there to kind of for research, just to, to find out why people weren't being more responsible when it's so simple. In, in my mind, you know, when you know something, well, I know something and I th- feel like everybody must know what I know, but we can only know what we know. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's great, though, because I think it also, I'm sorry to interrupt, but also it speaks to just being fearless, right? If you're something, mm. whatever you're passionate about, and if you have a vision in mind, um, you're going to have all types of doubters and people who um, don't see your vision and are, are really, whether inadvertently or purposefully trying to prevent you from getting to that goal. Um, I think that fearlessness and and just kind of going through those um, those hurdles is, you know, it speaks a lot to, you know, the character of, of an entrepreneur per se, you know. It's essential, James. It's essential yeah. because, um, oh, the doubters, they're there. You would never do anything if, if, if you w- were waiting for other people's approval because people don't like it when you change. When you change, it looks bad on them. And I'll use uh, smoking, a really outdated example. But if you're a smoker and you want to quit smoking and Mm -hmm. you say to your smoking friends, hey, I'm going to quit smoking. They're like, yeah, okay, whatever. (laughs) And they say you want to go for a smoke and then you do. (laughs) Right. Right. Right? Because, you know, because if you if you quit smoking, what is that going to say to them? Like then they're going to be like, oh, everybody that smokes wants, wants to quit smoking on a certain level. (laughs) <laughs> even if they love it. <laughs> sure. It's sure. an it's an addiction for sure. And it I used is. to smoke, that's why I can use this example. And when you when you when you tell people you're going to quit smoking, you know, they say no and remember last time and um because if you quit, then they have to do something. And yeah, and we don't want to change. We really don't want to change. We really like it the status quo because then we don't need to do anything. And I feel like when in this environmental in uh, business that I'm in, people have said to me that I, you know, oh, look at you doing all the things, like what a do-gooder. And they they say these terms like, oh, what a tree hugger. Like, is that a bad thing? Like, is it bad that I'm a tree hugger, that I love the planet, that I like clean up the garbage? Is, is it so bad? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. I mean, what is it? Uh, misery loves company, right? I think you know, just going back to what we were saying earlier, if, if people don't see your vision or they haven't bought into it, they don't really understand what's at the core of it. Um, so, you know, that's that's interesting. So, you know, um, you've been selling worms by the pound for the last 20 plus years. I 
I believe you established your business in 2002. Um, and I, I'm sure you've experienced and seen so much along the way. I'm curious to hear what your personal definition of what it is, uh, what it is to be an entrepreneur. What does that mean to you personally? Oh, being an entrepreneur means having having a vision for yourself for your business. It doesn't have to be. I mean, mine is changing the world. I believe I have world hunger and world peace solved with my offerings. <laughs> and and you know when I when I say things like that. Um, sometimes people feel like it might be overblown or I'm I'm exaggerating. I'm I'm really not. I really believe that if everybody had worms to manage their manage their scraps and make some black gold so they could grow, grow more nutrient-rich food, if they ate sprouts and they grew their own, if they laughed, the world would be so great. Can you imagine? Um, so to be an entrepreneur, I think this the success of an entrepreneur is seeing your vision and executing it like seeing something and going forth. There's going to be the naysayers. There's going to be the ones saying, you know, and I believe the universe will put roadblocks in your way, <laughs> like testing. Are you sure? Because it's so easy, like a boulder will get put in your way and it's like, huh, there's a big boulder. Either, either I can go around it, I can go over it, I could let it stop me and just do something else, right? That boulder is just there for us to navigate around. And it, and it's it, I, I think being an entrepreneur is so liberating. Um, yeah, it's it you know it's it's not so much about the money, but just being having control over your own life. You get to set your hours. You definitely have to be motivated. I would say I sure. work harder in my own business than I ever worked for anybody else. Absolutely, absolutely. And what would you say has kept you going over the last twenty years? Like, how have you navigated around these boulders? Um, you know. For, for each of your businesses, but just given the longevity of how long you've been in business, what's what's kept you going? I think I have a lot of cheerleaders, James. They might not all have worms in their house, but I have a lot of, I have a really huge network of people that are cheering me on saying, wow, you're doing a great job. And if you're familiar with um, the five love languages, are you familiar? Um, I was at one point, but yeah, I okay, can't say that it's I okay. Am. So my love language is uh, words of endearment. So if somebody's telling me, "Wow, you're doing a great job," that's what I need to hear. I don't care Got about it. gifts. I don't care about you know all of the things. I mean, I do like time as well. So if, when people compliment me or say that I'm doing good, that's what I need. And I can say that I have had the privilege of knowing that I'm making a difference. I do school workshops 20 years now. I've met people who they, they'll come up to me at events and it's happened more than once. Uh, a gentleman came up and he said, you were in my grade three class. I just graduated wow. from university with environmental studies because I can't remember if they said because of you or because we had worms in the class. That's but interesting. That's huge. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. You know, having that type of impact on people is, is in my opinion, very rewarding, right? Mm -hmm. Because you, you're, you're pursuing your own business, you're pursuing a passion of yours. Then when you start seeing and hearing these stories of the impact that you've left along the way, I think, to your point, more so than the money aspect of it, there's, there's uh, a great feeling of just, wow, I've, I've left a mark on someone's life because of what it is that I'm pursuing. So that's, that's, that's fantastic. Um, 
three businesses. Um, how do you manage it all? Do you have a team in place or are you a complete and utter solopreneur? It's my husband and I, so it's a partnership. Okay. And back to 2002, you know, I, I really think the universe is a jokester, like testing. So I started my business. I quit my job, took the business course and started my business in 2002. Okay. Um, when I got my first article in the Toronto Star, July 18th, oh, a couple of days ago was my anniversary. Uh, July 18th, 2002, I phoned up my husband. I said, yay, I got an article in the Toronto Star, right? Condo dwellers are my market, really. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that, I, he probably said that's nice or way to go, dear, or something. He said, I'm on my way home. I just got downsized. Oh, wow. wow. Oh my gosh, no income. Are you kidding? Like now we're selling worms by the pound. We don't like we don't have repeat customers. It's really a ridiculous business model. And yeah, so it's just the two of us. And I said all along that I didn't I didn't want to manage people. I worked in mm-hmm. in corporate for 20 years, so prior to starting my worm business. Okay. And I knew when I started my business, I didn't want to be in charge of people. Okay. So it's the two of us. That's awesome. I'm and just enjoying what is your t- <laughs> That sounds about right. Um, <laughs> what is your What does your typical day look like? Um, just in terms of balancing, you know, these three businesses that you're running, your home life. What does What does your typical day? How does that unfold? I I'm an early riser, and I would encourage everyone to have a beautiful morning routine, whatever that is for you. For me, I, I, before I getting out of bed, I take three slow, long, deep breaths and think about things that I'm grateful for. Because what happens, James, is people often wake up by the alarm or whatever. They maybe hit snooze a few times. They're, you know, worried about things. They're stressed. They start thinking about all the things that can go wrong during their day. Sure. And imagine starting your day like that. It's just like uh, you get up ugh, and you're already in a bad mood. So what I do is I turn that on its head. I, I take three slow, long, deep breaths. Think about what am I grateful for? It can be, yeah, I woke up today. Hallelujah. <laughs> right? It doesn't have to be huge things. Just something you're grateful for. Put a yeah. big grin on your face because as soon as we smile, we start secreting the love drugs. Dopamine, yeah. oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. And then, um, then I do a little movie in my head. It's called Visualization about what I have coming up that day. Do I have some okay. meetings coming up? What do I have? Maybe I have something challenging coming up. So I'll, I'll um, visualize that going the way I want it to go. And it can be a short, like 30 second movie, just like, you know, very fast in your mind, that conversation that you're going to have. Oh, have them mm-hmm. say that and you say that. And, and then when I get out of bed, then I go outside barefoot. It's called earthing, connecting to the earth's energy. And this sounds maybe a little woo-woo, but as soon as we started wearing shoes, we got disconnected from the earth's energy. Hmm. So sickness, you know, inflammation, like all kinds of um, sicknesses from for today are because we're wearing shoes and we're not connected. It's really something very simple. So that's what I do. And then go out. I do Qigong in the morning outside, some energy uh, movements, a little bit of tapping. It takes five minutes. It sounds like a lot. It's like it sounds like a lot that I'm explaining five minutes and and then I'll have a big glass of water actually before I go outside I have a big glass of water because we're supposed to drink all this water during the day overnight our our cells are regenerating 
And so it's all kinds of um, uh, bacteria and things in our body. And our body needs to get rid of that. So when we have a big glass of water in the morning, it helps to flush out those toxins. So I would say starting my day with a, with a wonderful morning routine, and I would recommend everybody to do that. I also have a laughter buddy, five minutes of laughter in the morning. That, that's very interesting. Um, just being deliberate about how you approach your day. Um, and I know when we were uh, preparing for this, this episode, I was, my, my jaw dropped to the floor when you mentioned to me that you don't have a cell phone. Right. <laughs> and, and, um, you know, I think a lot of people, what tends to happen is the first thing that they reach for as soon as they wake up is their cell phone, right? To see who's messaged me, what's going on on social media. And it's, it's a huge distraction um, for a lot of different things, right? So, you know, I, I definitely take my hat off to you for being in this day and age without a cell phone. And I'm curious mm. how, you, how you go about doing that because I, I, can, I personally can't imagine a day without my cell phone because my entire life is on there. How do you go about managing your day without that particular device? So I do have technology. I don't want people to think that I'm, <laughs> that I'm a complete Luddite. <laughs> sure. Um, you know, because I'm, I'm an environmental, have an environmental business. The reason I don't have a cell phone, the main reason is in 2009, I was environmental expert on a local cable show. So every month I would go in and talk about a different environmental topic. One month it was cell phones, 2009. When I was doing my research, I learned that in 2009, 549,000 cell phones were discarded daily in the U.S. alone. Wow. 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 And so this is before smart anything, although smart technology. Now we're, it must be, it's way more now. And I just thought, man, I don't need to be a contributor. I have a landline. I have a, you know, a desktop. I have, I have what I need to operate my business. When I go out of my house, I lock the door. So my house is safe <laughs> in air quotes. Cause is it really safe? I don't know. <laughs> and I can get on with my day. I don't, I don't, I don't think about is somebody trying to get in touch with me because I have no way to check it. So I'm really free. I feel like I'm, I'm freer than most people because I'm not connected to my I'm not tied to my cell phone. And I really think that waking up and reaching for your cell phone is so dangerous almost. It's, it's, I know we're in a trance. We just wake up, we look at it. Oh, what, because what if you get bad news? So you look at your cell phone, that sets you in a bad state, like right right away your your day is off to a bad start. Mm -hmm. Like you hear about something going on in the world. You can't do anything about it. There's nothing we can do about what's happening in the world from our bedroom. <laughs> sure, sure. So why not? I don't mean to be oblivious. I'm, I'm, I'm completely aware of what's happening in the world, but I don't need to know all the all the details. No, I can I can appreciate that. Um, okay, so I believe it goes without saying that you know uh, when you're running your own businesses, especially you know having mentioned that it's it's just you and your husband. Um, being the head decision maker, right, goes is, is part of the job. Mm. Um, what are some of the harder choices that you've had to deal with along the way? And, um, you know, what did that look like, like processing those those different decisions? Um, was there any opportunity cost around going either left or right with certain things? Hmm. 
Oh, I guess like one of the challenges with with my worm business is that I sell worms by the pound. So I want everybody to have worms. <laughs> that was an error in my, um, I mean, it, I, I guess I can't say that it was an error because I'm still here 21 years in. It was hard at the beginning because I didn't have repeat customers. In business, if you're mm. taking a business course, they say the 20-80 rule, 20% of your yes. clients, 80% of your revenue. Mm -hmm. That ratio goes for a lot of different things in life. And I don't have that. I've, I've always got to be, you know, um, hustling to get more clients. So I would say if anyone listening is thinking about starting a worm business, sell the compost because it needs to be applied every year or more than once a year. Where the worms, once you get worms, they breed more than rabbits. So um, people don't need me again. <laughs> That's interesting. That's interesting. So in terms of custom, if we can just stick on that for, for a second, in terms of custom acquisition, do you have um, any systems or processes in place um, that help you get in front of new potential customers? Um, and how do you do that? Is it through things like word of mouth or how do you go about getting in front of new potential customers? Uh, speaking on podcasts, <laughs> I, I chose media as my marketing strategy, as I said. So I've had sure. over 300 articles, TV, radio. So it's really talking about it. Although um, now I'm realizing because I have a psych degree, I'm meeting people as adults who were traumatized as children <laughs> after a rain or, you know, in the schoolyard by somebody um, chasing them around, maybe a sibling chasing them around with a worm. If you were traumatized as a child by something, you're not looking mm -hmm. to that as a solution as an adult. Right. So I've had to overcome that piece. And I realized, okay. And what I say to people when they're like, oh, I don't like worms, or I'm afraid of worms. Then I ask them, would you like to get taller? I can help you overcome your fear. And it, and it really is, you know, the worms can't hurt us. It's really a ridiculous fear. And I do a lot of school workshops. So sometimes teachers will say to me, Oh, this is a great idea. I would love to do this, but I'm afraid of worms. What do I do? So I say, you bring, you bring me in. I'll do a workshop. You let the kids know that you're afraid of worms. And then you let them know how ridiculous you're afraid of, your fear of worms is. And what I say is fear, of course, is just the unknown. Mm -hmm. What do they say? Fear appearing real or whatever the, the, <laughs> so it's just like I use, afraid of the dark if people are afraid of the dark when the lights go out we don't know what's going to happen that's that's why we're afraid we don't know what's going to happen so that's what the thing with the worms is what's going to happen are the worms going to you know be all over my house are they going to eat my children are they you know they they just don't know what's going to happen with these worms and that's why they're afraid that's very interesting okay okay um in thinking about how you define this, how do you personally define success um, outside of the monetary component of it? And we, were, we kind of talked about this a little earlier um, and also just the impact that you have left, um, you know, on, on other people just in your journey. Are there any other metrics, let's call them metrics that you use to gauge um, how successful each and each one of your businesses are? Yeah, so well, sort of not not really. I'm not I'm, I'm like a unicorn. I'm not I don't plan. I just um, I'm totally trusting that the universe will provide and it does. Because when we trust, um, that's what happens. So I would say my I gauge the success of my worm business because I've diverted personally several tons from landfill 
because I needed to feed my worms. So I, I was collecting the overs of a, the local paper for maybe 15 years. And then the local paper was gobbled up by one of the bigger papers and that paper's no longer anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so I've diverted, you know, several tons, all of my customers, whenever I sell a pound of worms, they also are diverting from landfill and the worms are converting that into black gold. So we're creating nutrient rich soil to grow more delicious, nutritious food. So the worms are playing several roles, waste management, soil production, and food mm-hmm. security, all in a little worm. It's so, it's so beautiful. So the success is the money that I'm making. Of course, I'm paying my bills and all as well, and the impact on the planet for the worm business. For of the course. sprouting business, it's because people are healthier. Sprouts are nature's fast food. They contain fi- fiber, protein, minerals, everything that our body needs. And they're affordable. So it's affordable, delicious, nutritious food that we grow ourselves. So when I see people that um, I had a friend who had Crohn's and she was looking for for a snack for her three o'clock, you know, in the office. So I said, take one of my sprout growers and grow your sprouts and then you can eat them. And they're 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 nutrient rich. So you can eat as many as you want. No, you can't because you get filled up. <laughs> They're actually filling you rather than like junk food. If you eat a bag of chips, you might still be hungry. You feel sick, but (laughs) sure. Right. But you're, but you're not, you're not feeling satisfied because you're not getting any nutrients where the sprouts are nutrient rich and they're going in your body and laughter. I, I have seen people go from very serious, not able to even smile or, you know, really in a, in a stressful state to being more free and just happy. They're, you know, just, yeah, it's, it's so wonderful. Yeah, that's it. That's awesome. Awesome. No, that's great. Um, so within the context of the 20 years that you have been in business, uh, what plans, if any, do you have to continue running and growing your business over the next 20 years? What does that look like? Yeah, so I'm I'm definitely will be continuing to talk about the worms. I, I would love for some younger folks to come along and uh, do the 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 labor intensive part. It's my husband and I now growing the worms and doing doing everything. Um, and I think when we're in the basement, people aren't hearing the message because we're we're down underground. <laughs> sure. Um. So I'll so I'll definitely be. Um, still be talking about all, all of my offerings. I'm going to, I love speaking. And, and I think that um, by, by sharing the message is how people understand how it works. I, I see myself really um, expanding my laughter practice. It's, it's needed since 2020. We have this global mental health tsunami and yes. it's, it's everywhere. It's there's, it, there's people that are still really struggling from the effects of, of the three years that we were in lockdown and whatever. I mean, no, I know we weren't locked down for three years, but Canada was locked down for a long time. Yeah. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> not funny. You know, so I, I and I, and I can't even, I, I, because I have a psychology degree, I'm always questioning what, who was most damaged during that time. Mm-hmm. It was at the, you know, I kind of think that it might've been teens just because they missed, you know, the time of when they were, supposed to be finding out who they were and you know building their themselves they you know they didn't have their proms I, I don't know 
and then maybe older people that were isolated how do you how do you torture people yeah keep mm. them separate like yeah. even when you're in jail you don't want to be in in uh, solitary confinement no absolutely i mean <clears throat> you know laughter is 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 uh is a medicine um mm. and you know to your point nobody really wants to be isolated or find themselves in solitude and and just being sad right there's nothing fun about being sad right yeah um but uh no that's that's fantastic all right what are you what are you excited about right now um in terms of just and i and, and again i'm sorry i think we've we've kind of touched upon this but in terms of where you are today would you say that you're happy oh james i am I'm over the top. I laughter has given me permission. So it was 2012 that I was introduced to laughter yoga. And what happened was one more person said, ew, worms in the house. <laughs> and <laughs> I'd heard it many times over the previous years, but I wasn't listening. Like they say, when you're an entrepreneur, you should listen to what your clients want. And they didn't want worms in the house. I didn't know. <laughs> and 2012, I heard it. I felt it. It was. It got right in my body, and I questioned everything. What am I mm -hmm. doing? Why am I doing this? Why don't I just get a job? And I was about to doff my mission. You know, I thought ten years. I did my best. I tried hard. Um, oh well. You know, I was about to just like okay, not throw it out the window. But you know, I just was considering doing something else. And <laughs> I think the universe again. I talk about the universe a lot. I think. While I was doing my what I was supposed to for 10 years, the angels were off helping other people. But when I questioned what I was doing, they were like, ah, we better throw her a lifeline. She's going to bail. Right. <laughs> and then the very next day, I was introduced to laughter yoga. And it was awesome. the place I did my business plan. Like, it's all poetic. It's just amazing. I find it, it's quite an, ins I think when we're paying attention, we can look back and and connect the dots. You can't connect the dots going forward. There's no dots going forward. Sure. And there's no, yeah. and it's not a straight line, by the way, anyone listening, <laughs> you yeah. might think that's what I want, but <clears throat> you know, again, that boulder might get in your way and you're going to go up and down. I'm so happy. The that short is awesome. answer is I'm, 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 I'm living my best life. I really am. And, and it's as an entrepreneur because I'm in charge. I get to set my hours. I get to do what I want when I want. That's, that's, that's awesome. Um, who have you looked to for inspiration? Are there any entrepreneurs out there, business owners, public figures, or just even friends and family who you've looked to for inspiration and motivation along the way? Yeah, there's been a few people. They, I, I've had a lot of people help me along the way. Um, oh, I would, I would say Mark Hashi is, is one of my big um, supporters and mentors. Uh, she she had a, a company called Duocom mm -hmm. with the um, what do you call it? Um, oh, the thing on the on the ceiling, the projectors. There you go, the projectors where they had the uh, <laughs> I can't think of the overhead. You know, with the overhead. Oh, the overhead before. projectors. Overhead projector. Thank you. So yes. that was her company, and she, and she built it up to you know whatever couple million dollars, and she sold it. The company that bought it ran it into the ground. She bought it again and and built it up again again, and she she's incredible. She's an amazing uh, woman who's helping other women and just a great example of of how to how to live your life. That's fantastic. 
All right, Kathy. Um, as we get ready to wrap up, I just wanted to know if there's any advice that you might be able to share with any aspiring entrepreneurs who are out there, um, you know, how to go about delving into the world of entrepreneurship, maybe some pitfalls to avoid and just just some high level advice that you might be able to share with anyone thinking about starting their own business. Yeah, thank you. If you're if you're thinking about starting a business, do it. Um, because you're getting that insight, because you're getting that idea. And I think whenever we get an idea, we get all fired up. We're like, oh, that's so great. We need to take action. We need to write it down right away because otherwise other uh, um, ideas will flow into our head or we start questioning ourselves. And we're like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't have time for that right now. To, right? Take action right now because if you don't take action, it will get washed away. Absolutely. Um, I would say ask for help. Often we don't want to, you know, we don't want to seem weak or we don't want to seem like we don't know something. I would say ask for help because people don't know that you need help if you don't ask them. And my third piece is without awareness, action is impossible. And it had to do with my worm business. Mm -hmm. Like if people don't know about having worms in the house, they're definitely not doing it. (laughs) Bad for business. (laughs) Um, You know, so just go forth. Don't surround yourself with people who love what you're doing, who really admire you and, and will build you up rather than tearing you down because there's enough people out there that are ready to, to bring you down. Cause again, back to not wanting to change. People don't want to change. If you change, they got to change. Absolutely. And if they don't want to change, they're, they're going to, you know, so, so get rid of the, the naysayers in your life because they're not helping you. And quite mm-hmm. often it's family. Yeah. At the beginning of your business, your family might be like, oh, just get a job. That's ridiculous. What do you, who do you think you are? Like when I started a worm business, are you kidding? Uh, there was so many, you know, naysayers like, oh, you're going to sell worm day, you know, blah, 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 blah. Here I am still because I believed mm-hmm. so much. I didn't even hear that they didn't want worms in the house. I didn't even, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. So, so no. stick with your, your passion, whatever it is, right? We all have our own ideas. And, and what I want is not what you want, even if you, you think you might want what I want, right? We like social is so, it's always comparing us. We're looking yes. at it going, oh, I want what they, have. look at the life they're having. Go live mm-hmm. your own life, you know, row right. your own boat and, and spend little time. We need to be on social for our business. So we need to be there to, to promote and, and do those things. But I would say limit your, your time on social which is hard when everyone's attached to their cell phone. I get it. <laughs> um, but that, that, that will help you. Thank you, Kathy. I mean, I think that's great advice. Um, you know, sometimes we get in our own way. I think it's human nature to get in our own way. Um, you know, so what you said about surrounding yourself with people that are supportive, that are encouraging, you know, to get over those types of hurdles, like the fear of failure, for example, right? Um, you know, and then even just finding mentors, right? Because I think sometimes a lot of, some of those fears are rooted in not knowing what to do or what to expect. So, you know, I think that's that's fantastic advice. And, you know, I really appreciate you being on the show today. Fear of failure, you are going to fail, folks. <laughs> yeah. And that's okay. That's okay because it's in the, they're, they're actually learning. They're learning, um, opportunities rather than considering it a failure it's like oh you try and then oh that didn't work that's okay Mm -hmm. i'll try it this way and i I, one more piece of advice that i would love to give is get comfortable speaking 
Get comfortable speaking because you're going to have an opportunity, the elevator pitch. You might be in the grocery store and there's an investor or something behind you. You don't know. Everyone everyone eats. Everyone does grocery shopping. You mm-hmm. don't know who's in line ahead or behind you. And they, they might say, hey, like, and I would suggest getting branded apparel too. I know that's another piece of advice, right? If you're walking around with your, your website on your back, somebody might say, hey, what, what is that? What, what is that company that you have? And then you get have your opportunity. So get ready with your 30-second pitch where you say, oh, this is what I do. I help. Blah. Yeah, makes makes a world of sense. Um, you never know when that next opportunity is going to come. And, you know, I think we all find success when we've prepared for that moment. Um, you know, not necessarily knowing where, when it's going to be, but preparing for that moment and being ready to seize that opportunity, I think, is is definitely definitely key advice there so thank you very much yeah be ready and say yes this is something that one of my mentors told me early on if somebody asks you hey can you do this you say yes and then you figure out how you can do it right right we get in our head we're like oh no that's too big just say yes and then figure it out no that makes a world of sense (laughs) awesome Kathy, this has been fantastic. Um, thank you so much. I think, um, you know, I've definitely learned a lot today from you and even just understanding and get a bit of, getting a better sense of where you've come from, the different businesses that you're running, how you're going about that is has been extremely fruitful. So I do thank you for your time and for joining me today on the show. Thank you, James. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you.